0: You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Shot out towards an empty net. Not going to have enough to go, or will it? It does. Oilers are going to win
1: this
2: hockey game. 11 straight for Edmonton. Um, it's frustrating but sometimes that's how it goes. I'm glad that we were able to beat uh, beat Toronto and uh, beat the Toronto fans out there.
0: Stronger than a bear, faster than a buck, the biggest thing to
1: hit Canada because the Maple Leafs suck! Good morning, Vancouver six hundred one on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It is Halford. It is Bruff. It is Sportsnet six hundred and fifty. We are coming to you live from the Kintex Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Hey, dog. Good morning to you. Good morning, Laddie. Good morning to you as well. Hello, hello. Halford and Brough of The morning is brought to you by the Delari Family of Accura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accura dealer today. We are in hour one of the program. It's just started. Hour one is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling, Vancouver's premier metal recycler, pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling: They recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Palace Street in Vancouver. We're doing that thing where we're both wearing black T-shirts again.
0: <laughs> the black shirts. We sure are. The black shirts are back. We're back, baby.
1: Yeah.
3: One of you has to switch to a black tank top now.
0: I can I'll, do that. I'll take I'll take my shirt off and then I'll be wearing a white shirt. Please don't do that. We're coming to you live from the Kintec studio. Kintec, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet. What are you waiting for? I've, I've never d- seen such a white shirt. Kintec. Oh, yeah. That's what you're waiting for. Also his white shirt. Yeah. Which is skin.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So first and foremost, it's it's tricky out there. We acknowledge to all of our motorists right now listening to the Halford & Brush on Sportsnet 650. As the uh, local traffic guy just said during the updates, take extra time. Take extra precaution.
2: I have a weather update for you. It is snowing. Thank you, Andy. Yeah. Thank you.
0: That's meteorologist I'll be here all, I'll be here all day. Andy Cole. I'll, I'll give you another update in five minutes. Guys, uh, my commute went from five minutes to seven minutes. Okay, Ooh, don't, wow. don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> there there people, no, I am the worst person. There are you people are, out there
2: struggling, mean. and you're talking
0: about how I had a third some, dessert. G-
2: some guy listening to the show in a ditch right now. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he
3: showed up at 5.58 instead of 5.56. Exactly, so, man. Uh, Ooh, it's
2: tough out there. Yeah.
1: So, um... Take solace in the fact that the longer your commute takes, the more that means you get to listen to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650, and I say this because we are going heavy, heavy with the hockey talk today. In fact, I think it's going to be exclusively three hours of Vancouver Canucks and NHL coverage. It will begin at 630 with Pete Blackburn. He is one of the co-hosts of the new show, What Chaos? You have to say it like that because it's got an actual exclamation point. Oh, okay. What Chaos? That is All City Network's new national hockey show. Him and DJ Bean, also a very funny dude. Pete's a funny guy as well. They'll be joining us, or Pete will be joining us at 6.30. Uh, we'll talk around the NHL. He's a Boston guy, so we'll talk about the Bruins. We can also get into what they've been doing on the show. Some really great interviews that they've had so far. Conor Bedard and Brad Marchand and Adam Fantilli. It's kind of one of those, like, the other side of the national hockey league yeah. with personalities
0: coming to play. I'll be curious to talk to Pete about how the Bruins are doing this without Bergeron and Crecci. Like Do they have one of the weakest groups of centers in the NHL, and yet they're still winning games like they've got the best group of centers in the NHL? It's
2: really annoying, frankly. They shouldn't yes. be this high up in the standings. I don't like it. Yeah. They're quite good. I was expecting them to be not as good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, at
1: 7 o'clock, Jason Greger is going to join us from Sports 1440, In Edmonton, in case you missed it, the Edmonton Oilers are the hottest team in hockey. They won their franchise record 11th consecutive game. I'm going to ask Jason, how strange is it that for all the amazing teams, all the iconic teams that have played over the history of the Edmonton Oilers, individual seasons, how is it this group that has put together the greatest winning streak in franchise (laughs) history? The same group that got Jay Woodcroft fired. Also, (laughs) what is Jay Woodcroft thinking right now? Mm -hmm. What must be going through that mind of his He's like, ah, I should have been better at defending I guess that, that is one of the things he should have been better at so Jason Greger is going to join us at seven o'clock to talk about that 7 30 more hockey talk we're going to go down to California we're gonna do West Coast hockey talk with Jonathan Davis host of the ice cap on Sirius XM NHL radio we'll do Kings Ducks Golden Knights whoever from the West Coast especially the Kings who after snapping an eight-game losing streak got back to their losing ways last night they got thumped by Dallas 5-1. So we'll talk to Jonathan Davis about that at six uh, 7.30. And then at 8, Ian Furness out of Seattle. Now, I'll say this. We're going to do all the sports with Ian. We will do some Seattle Kraken uh, after they had a franchise record, re- record win streak. Uh, they lost two in a row. We can talk Seahawks. We can talk Huskies. It's been a crazy time for Seattle sports. So Ian Furness from 93.3 KJR Seattle Sports Radio is going to join us at 8. Okay, we're also giving away same stuff as every time... We've done it the rest of the days this week. We are giving away a big football game prize pack. Sunday, February 11th, there is a big football game. You may have heard about it. We are giving away a reservation for you and five friends, plus a $100 gift card uh, to the Clayton Public House. We're also giving away a pair of tickets to see the Canucks and Blackhawks, which was... That that would be big. It was known as the Connor Bedard game. Now it's known as the Jason Dickinson game. Right. The Darren Radish game. Yeah. The Boris Kachuk game. We could go down the list if we like, but look, Canucks, Blackhawks, January 22nd from Rogers Arena. We're giving away a pair of tickets. If you want the big football game prize pack, put a football emoji into your what we learned. And if you want the Canucks tickets, put a ticket emoji into the what we learned. I did it. I did it. Sorry. Got it right. Taylor Radish, not Darren Radish. (laughs) Taylor Radish. Taylor Radish has a brother. Brother, Is there a Darren? I hope his name is Darren. Yeah. If it's not, I don't know where Darren Radish is. There's Billy
0: Radish out on the
3: right wing. Taylor Radish is the one with the wife named Taylor Radish.
1: That's right.
0: Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's awesome.
3: Yeah.
1: Taylor Radish married a Taylor. The two Taylors? Yeah. Did, Uh,
0: Did Rem Pitlick find a Rem? No. There's only
1: one
3: Rem. There's only one. Also, his I'm wife happy. didn't change her name.
1: <laughs> okay, working in reverse. 8 o'clock, Ian Furness, 7 30, Jonathan Davis. 7 o'clock, Jason Greger, 6 30, Pete Blackburn. Huge show. Huge hockey show. Very excited to do it. Without further ado, Laddie, let's tell everybody what happened.
0: Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. no. What happened?
2: I missed all the action because I was We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed, you missed that? What?
1: What Happens brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance. Making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit them online at bccsa.ca.
0: The Canucks had a day off after returning home from that marathon road trip where they went 5-1-1 one, and one and really turned some heads around the NHL and I think changed some opinions in this market. Uh, I imagine they'll practice today, although the they weather... Yeah. They're going to practice at 11.30. Okay, so uh, wake up early, Canucks, because the roads are a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, Thursday's visit by the Arizona Coyotes, who were in action last night in Calgary. Uh, on paper, you're looking at this five-game homestand that the Canucks have heading into the All-Star break, and you're like... Not exactly a murderer's row coming in. It's the Coyotes. It's the Leafs, who we'll talk about in a bit, and are a bit of a mess. Uh, Chicago's terrible. And then St. Louis and Columbus. Uh, Hopefully, that's not what the Canucks are thinking. And the way Tocket has kept this team honest this season, I doubt they are. Also, probably worth noting that the Blues and Blue Jackets actually beat the Canucks on this road trip. So the Canucks might have a little bit of revenge in their hearts. Five home games before the All Star break when the Canucks will send five players to Toronto, where the media, those jackals, honestly, the the national hockey media, mm. will be ready and waiting to grill Elias Pettersson about his contract situation. Whether he likes it or not, note, he will not like it. Um, I guess it's also possible um, during this homestand that we might hear some reports about the Canucks meeting or not meeting with Petey's reps. And this isn't just a speculation speculating, uh, Pat Brisson, um, super agent, also agent to Elias Pettersson with J.P. Berry, indicated in an article with um, Ian McIntyre that he would touch base with his client after the road trip. Mm-hmm. You never know. Maybe he touched base yesterday. Uh, Brisson told Sportsnet recently that negotiations with the Canucks could happen during the season. Um, Brisson said, I can't say whether it'll be in two weeks or two months, but they could definitely still happen this season. And wouldn't the All-Star break make sense to schedule some talks? Everyone go to Toronto and have a chat. All the power brokers together in Toronto and Petey can get some exercise at the All-Star game if he needs it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because after the break, you know, after this All-Star break things get busy again for the Canucks and they'll stay busy until the trade deadline in March and then they'll Stay busy until the playoffs. Look, here's the thing. I'm dropping a look nice and early here. Yeah, that's an
1: early look. The conversation around Elias Petterson's contract is going nowhere and is not going to um, de-escalate until it gets signed. That is just the reality. And this isn't Bruff and I pushing a narrative. It's not Sportsnet 650 with our corporate overlords from back east making sure that we get the clicks. It's just how it's going to be because more and more people are are picking up on this. For example, yesterday, Kristen Shilton from ESPN was writing in her power rankings. And in the power rankings in each team's breakdown, they had, what's the one big question for the team moving forward? And the one big question for the Vancouver Canucks, the number two team in the power rankings, wasn't, are they going to be able to keep this up? Are they going to finish with like 115 points? It was, are they going to get Elias Pedersen signed by the end of the year? All-star game. We've talked about this plenty of times. When you go to one of these national media... Um, events, and there's a bunch of people coming in, you're going to get asked about your contract situation. It's also very clear that Patrick Alvin, in doing his media rounds right now, is addressing the fact that yes, they would like to have conversations. Yes, they're trying to have conversations. So, and, and, and I haven't mentioned the biggest one of all of this, is that uh, Elias Pettersson's one of the biggest stars in the National Hockey League right now. Like he is having, he was actually the first star of the week. (laughs) He is having a tremendous season. Maybe the temperature isn't as ratcheted up as he's just having like a good, not great season. Mm -hmm. But he is coming off a week in which, as you mentioned, he was named the NHL's first star. He's headed to the NHL's marquee event uh, in the middle of the season, the All Star Game. He is putting up points, reunited on the Lotto line that's going to surpass his career high. All of these things just lead to the inevitability of yeah. We're going to talk about Elias Patterson, and IMAC talked about
0: Elias Patterson with Patrick Alvine. Well, Patrick Alvine, yeah, th- and then this was from an interview that um, IMAC had with Alvin on the road, so it's a few days old, but IMAC published it in transcript form on Sportsnet.ca, and there was lots of talk in his conversation um, and Alvine saying, you know, we got to k- push even harder in the second half and continue to practice hard because things aren't going to get any easier. Remember, they're Still trying to change the culture. And Alvin always always talks like, we haven't done anything yet. Um, we've still got to keep going. Um, we love the process so far, but the process has to continue. Um, as for the trade deadline, I think we all expect the Canucks to be aggressive. And Alvin said he owes it to the players to be aggressive at the deadline. And this was his This was his quote. The players dictate how good we are and how they're buying into the way we want to play. We know that they are capable of playing at this high level. And if they continue to do that, then it's on me to make sure I support them and give them opportunities to be successful. Now, that doesn't just mean that he's going to make moves for the sake of <laughs> making moves. I think we all know that this that this um, management group along with the head coach and another thing that came up in the interview was that Alvine and Taked are in constant communication and Taked is saying like, I need this. And Alvin's going like, okay. Um, mm-hmm. So they're not just going to bring in someone for the sake of bringing it in. Um, Cause I know a lot of people have issues with them making too many moves and maybe affecting chemistry. And I think that's something certainly to be yeah. um, wary of, but You know, a guy like Kuzmenko, uh, who came up in the conversation, Alvin said, look, I've liked his game lately, but he deferred a lot of the path forward to, obviously, Kuzmenko, but also to the head coach. And he said the players usually dictate where they fit and how they perform and all that. Talk is a puzzle guy, and we want to make sure the puzzle works. So we talk about different ideas and things, and then we'll see where things go. So, you know, their conversations are probably – Similar to some of the conversations we have. They're like, okay, we've got the, we, what, what if we keep the lotto line together? Where does Kuzmenko fit? Where might we need a guy? Do we need to add a center or a winger, et cetera, et cetera? I'm sure they have the same questions of the defense. Now, I kind of saved the, the biggest for last um, the Pedersen part of the interview with Patrick Alvine. IMAC asked him, Do you believe Pedersen wants to remain a Canuck? Can't ask any more direct than that. Do you believe Pedersen wants to remain a Canuck? This is what Alvin said. I do believe that he wants to be part of a good team. (laughs) He wants to be part of a winning team. And I do know that he has a good relationship with talk. And he really appreciates the changes and the direction the team is going. That answer by Alvin is probably not as confident as a lot of Canucks fans would like because it makes it seem that the Canucks still have some um, convincing to-do of Pedersen. Like, it wasn't a, yes, I do believe he wants to be a Canuck. He said, I do believe that he wants to be part of a good team. Now, unfortunately, the Canucks aren't the only good team in the NHL.
1: There are other good teams. Also, I think that maybe that's a sign of um, sustainability, seeing what happens in the second half, seeing if this is a good regular season team, or maybe a good playoff team. I think there's a lot to prove on both sides, more so with the Canucks, I think, because Pedersen holds all the leverage here. I I'm I'm also want to say this. I do think, I've started to think about and recalibrate All of the haters who say nasty things towards media members who want to question the ongoing state of negotiations and talks. I think everyone, everyone acknowledges how fragile a situation it could be. Stress the word could because there's still a lot of time left here. But I think that most of you are just projecting when you say that this is an overblown media narrative or that there's nothing here. Because he's a restricted free agent and he's guaranteed to come back next year anyway. (laughs) And you guys are idiots for even bringing this up during what is a historically good Canucks season. And to that I'll say, you're projecting. You're projecting fear. You're projecting a bit of concern. Because one, you're a Canucks fan. You're trained to be that way. But two, you have to acknowledge the fact that in the midst of a terrific season, both individually and... Uh, as a team, the Canucks and Pedersen haven't found that common ground yet. When you haven't found it yet, it does lead to a bit of concentration. That's have, all they, I'm saying. They, we we they, could wake up tomorrow, Jason, and the deal could be done.
0: Mike, and it, I'm it's acknowledging not even that the, as well. They haven't even found uh, uh, time to talk. Well, they're working on it, right? They're working well, the on it. The Canucks are. Yeah, the Canucks are throwing it out there, right?
1: The Who do you want to meet?
3: The fact that they listed his relationship with Rick Tockett as one of the reasons why he should stay – it's not exactly the confident statement to me either. Cause you know, quickly a coaching relationship and a coach, a head coach job can change just just like that. Right. J- just he's going to play, gonna sign a long-term contract because j- of that.
0: Just to play devil's advocate yeah, on I, th- that though. I, I think he's been, I think Alvin's been just complimentary of talk at the whole season. Yes.
3: Al- but it's just, you think I, you'd come up with another more confident reason why you'd want to stay.
1: Alvin <laughs> thrives, uh, saying as many words as possible without saying anything of substance. Yeah. So I think everything that's going on right now is designed to, uh, raise as few waves as possible and just try and keep everything as
0: blanket level real surface level statements but at the same time it's clear that they want it out there that they're they're willing to talk
1: yeah well you have to have some sort of yeah. angling be it with the public mm-hmm. or trying to you know if we can't get through to you in a sit-down meeting, we're going to get through to you in another way, shape, or but form. But it does right? feel like
0: everyone's kind of tiptoeing around this. Like, you know, again, I'm kind of joking, like, PD's a horse, and you don't want to, like, spook him. right? Yeah. Whether, well... Otherwise, you might just start, start running. But listen, um, IMAC asked Alvine himself, he asked him, based on your experience, is this situation unusual? A core player eligible for restricted free agency, wanting to hold off negotiations. And Alvin said, maybe a little bit. Yeah. It feels different than your typical negotiation. It feels different than the typical situation that you, that, that might occur when, you know, you would think that this would be the time that PD would want to strike um, and it's just, you know, I, I know I was listening to Earth on the show yesterday and just said something feels a little bit off and I've talked to a few people and they all have that same feeling. Now this could just be Pedersen and his camp, uh, making us all dance and maybe they're perfectly willing to engage in negotiations and they're just kind of just like, let them get a little bit scared. Let them get a little bit scared. Let them wonder, let them speculate, let them do all this. Yep. And let them think that I might leave. You know, they say in negotiations that if you're ever looking for a raise, make sure that you have a plan B that you can say, okay, well, I'm going to leave then. Right. That's mm-hmm. the best way. Have you ever gone, got, gone to uh, a boss and you're like, can I get a raise? They're like, No. What are you going to do about it? I will be at work tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Try doing it in our positions with one sports radio station in the city. Yeah, you want to talk all about that easy? It's not a, all that easy. You want to talk about a lack of leverage? Yeah. Hey, and they're right. like, are you willing to move somewhere else? No. Also, not that. Damn it. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I don't really want to change hours. But aside from that, (laughs) I'm willing to change. Okay, uh, let's whip through some of the other big stories from the National Hockey League last night. We mentioned the Edmonton Oilers are an unstoppable force right now. Uh, They won their 11th consecutive game. Very entertaining game. I don't know how much you caught it yesterday in Edmonton. Leafs come in, get a 2-0 lead. And then Edmonton roars back to win 4 We have the Ryan McLeod goal. Let's play the Ryan McLeod goal from the audio. The big bold letters. We don't audio, have a Final call. That's sure. interesting because I put it in the notes. Ryan McLeod scored the go-ahead goal with 305 left in the third. Evan Bouchard added an empty netter. Oilers win their 11th straight. Um, there was two sides to this one because the Toronto media sort of infiltrated Edmonton, as they are want to do when they go on the road. And the Toronto media got um, very angsty by the end of this one, realizing that the Leafs now only have four regulation wins in their last 14 games. Two of those regulation <laughs> wins were against the San Jose Sharks. They're on a four-game losing streak, and they're getting closer and closer to being right in the throws of the wildcard chase in the East. And I, I, this one's going to be very, very interesting to monitor for a variety of reasons, not including the fact that Toronto's going to be in Vancouver over the weekend. But for as great as it's going in Edmonton right now, not going so great for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Speaking of other Canadian teams, actually.
0: 13 regulation wins sure stands out like a sore thumb when you look at all the, the other standings. playoff teams. Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, even their division, right? Mm-hmm. Um Florida's got 24. The Bruins have 21. You want to compare it to the Canucks? Let's compare it to the Canucks because that's fun. The Canucks have 27 and so does Winnipeg. There's no one in a playoff position right now that has like anything resent- Well, Philly's got 16, I guess. Philly's got 16, but like a, a team
1: that's as low as the standings. We mentioned this yesterday. Buffalo has 17 to Toronto's 13. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, other NHL scores from last night as it pertains to the Canadian teams, uh, we- I hate saying every Jets conversation has to be prefaced with this, but we don't talk about the Winnipeg Jets nearly enough. The Winnipeg Jets are the best team in hockey right now. They got Kyle Connor back last night after he missed 16 games. They win again 4-2 against the slumping New York Islanders. Um, this is a team that <laughs> is atop the NHL standings and now has 13 wins in its last 16. Shows no signs of slowing down. And, oh, yeah, guess how many goals the Winnipeg Jets allowed. Last night. Zero again? Dos. Two. Two? Two. That streak is one of the, ho- the longest in hockey right now. Connor Hallibuck, 35 saves, only allows two goals. Uh, other ones from last night. Calgary, you mentioned that the Canucks' next opponent, the uh, Arizona Coyotes, were in Calgary last night. Calgary won that one 3-2 in overtime. That's Calgary's fourth straight victory. So they're heating up. Uh, yes, Arizona's hanging around, eh? Arizona isn't great in January
0: if you look i think they're 2 and 6 in mm-hmm. january but they're hanging around they're 21 18 and 3 positive 2 goal differential they, they got are, a point last night they're pretty much the definition of like 500 and mm-hmm. not and they're above nhl 500 but you know they're they're not they're they're much better than a lot of people expected seattle cracking
1: and lost their second straight we mentioned that and they've got toronto coming up as well in their next game so that one should be interesting and finally uh it, we would be remiss if we didn't check in on the canadian tire fire that is the ottawa senators the ottawa senators are awful like i know that they had some internal strife and there was some changeover especially at the ownership level but it doesn't seem that this core of players that they put together uh is going to be around for the long haul because it, it, now they've changed the ownership the general
0: manager and the head coach they're worse defensively under jacques martin that's martin. crazy like, they, that a guy that was brought in specifically yeah. to make them better defensively. They're now worse. They had a total meltdown last night against Colorado in the third period. Yeah, that's
1: the second time that's Can you happened imagine against Colorado.
0: The, se- the Senators and the Canucks had – they were kind of matching each other in terms of their trajectory until the Canucks hired Rick Tockett. And then we all know the direction. The Canucks have gone under Tockett. The Sens have almost gotten worse. So can you imagine if the Canucks had hired Tockett and they'd gotten worse defensively? Yeah. That's basically where we're at. I'm going to be real curious to see um, what they do, not only at the trade deadline, but more this offseason. Because I think they're going to go in there and you're going to be like, all right, who are the guys we really want to keep? Um, all the other guys, even if they are big names, you know, or mm-hmm. uh, once highly touted. They're going to be gone, or they're going to be available because we need to make changes. The whole idea of the Ottawa Senators needs to be changed. Well, here.
1: can I tell you what I think is it might happen here at the end of the year is that Brady Kachuk follows in the footsteps of his brother. <laughs> no, he already it, signed long term, so it's even easier to move him now. You got cost no, certainty. No, it's all gone wrong in Ottawa. Hey. There's already a template for how the Kachucks exit
0: no, yeah, Canadian and, cities. And, and he can't do that because he's signed long-term. They can just be like, "Uh, no, we're not going to trade you. I've you're never here. seen
1: any young star player that becomes dissatisfied with his current situation leave before. You're, like, you're just because his name is Kachuck. Did, ja, did Jack Eichel leave Buffalo? I can't remember. Did he, after signing a, a long-term deal, did he ask for a trade and leave?
3: He asked for a trade. Did he leave? Absolutely.
0: He did. did and then he gave him the trade. Yeah,
3: because he's a oh. baby. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I wanted to ask that one specifically. Chuck needs,
0: needs something to argue about. Like, he's just like, I've got an injury, and you're treating it this way, and I want to treat it this way. And it's so, got, like, we got it's we like, it's like, template it's a template
1: from his brother and Jack. I go, They're all American. It's like, you got How cut, crazy
0: you, is this? You got a cut on your finger, Brady. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, but I wanted the Superman bandage, and you wanted just like this regular band aid, and I want out of Ottawa. He's
1: holding up his finger. Okay,
0: uh, we got a lot more to get to on the show. Pete Blackburn is going to join us
1: next. Before we go, I need to tell you uh, about the big football game. At the Clayton Public House. You can reserve your spot for the big football party hosted by Sportsnet 650 at the Clayton Public House. Visit theclaytonpub.com for more. The Clayton Public House. Good food, good people, good times. You're listening to the Halford & Brush Show on Sportsnet 650.
4: Everything Canucks before and after the games. Canucks Central with Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You think you could play forwards? Easiest position in sports. <laughs> <laughs> we actually do a D and goalie dinner every month
2: here in Arizona and, and the main topic of conversation is how much we can't trust the forward. So it's it's pretty funny actually.
1: The goalie and defenseman dinner. Have you been a part of one of those before, no, Laddie?
3: I, m- I missed out. I wish I did, though. It sounds like a really fun time.
1: Have you heard about this anecdotally? The, I have the, not. The goalies and the D-men? I usually courses? make fun of my
3: forwards to their faces, but <laughs> it's, it should be fun behind the scenes, too.
0: I don't need a dinner for it. Well, the D-men, I mean, you got to separate centers from wingers. Apparently not. Centers have got to do a lot oh, of will Just work. throw all the, wingers the forwards not together. So much. Although wingers, the wingers do more like sprinting out there because they got to do the forecheck, and that's why the, the D-men can play more minutes, right? A lot of their time is just kind of like... I'm just going to stand here.
2: <laughs> That's uh, the
0: job for me. Uh, maybe I'll lie
1: down every now and again. Yeah. Pretend like I'm blocking. There's the a little bit of
0: panic. A puck goes in. You got to go get it. And then you, you get to make a pass. And the Fords are like, ah, I shouldn't have sprinted all the way down here. That's kind of stupid.
1: Uh, that clip you heard was Arizona Coyotes defenseman Sean Dersey. The coy- Coyotes are going to be uh, in Vancouver tomorrow night to take on the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, it was from a clip from uh, What Chaos, which is a new show hosted by our next guest, Pete Blackburn. We're gonna to get to Pete in a second here. Before we do, real quick, I need to tell you that the Halford and Bruff show in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura Dealer today. We are in hour one of the program. Hour one is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. To the phone lines we go. He is the co-host of What Chaos. Joining us now, Pete Blackburn here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Pete?
4: What's going on? Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming on. We appreciate you taking the time. We'll get into the real nitty-gritty of hockey talk and all the different teams and what the Bruins are doing in a minute here. But I did want to ask you about the new show. It's called What Chaos? You have to say it with authority because it's got an exclamation point at the end of it. Uh, it is All City Network's National Hockey Show. You host it with DJ Bean. You are two very funny guys. I really like the show. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about it, how you guys got to do it, and what you've been doing since it debuted in November?
4: Yeah, so I mean, like anybody who's ever, you know, seen my hockey coverage or followed me on Twitter or whatever knows that I don't take everything super seriously, and that's this, the show is the extension of that. It's kind of just trying to bring a little bit of personality to hockey and, and uh, you know, get, get some guests, some players and, and allow them to show their personality too. Like it's, that's essentially the, the edict of the show is to, to bring more personality and, and highlight more personality in the game. And so we have fun with it. We, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We don't take many of the games too seriously. And so uh, it, it's been a really good time.
0: Who has been the funniest player that you've
4: spoken with? Oh man. Um, there's been several who have been funny in different ways. Like we, the last two guests that we've had has been grill Marchenko and Sean Derzy and both of them have been hilarious. Like Marchenko is the most adorable and like wholesome <laughs> kind of hilarious. And all the guys in Columbus love him so much. And, uh, in Dersey, like you heard in that clip, I mean, very forthcoming and, and kind of what's going on in, in Arizona. And, uh, He's just like definitely one of the boys, and you can you can tell. And, and he was uh, he was very funny. What
0: does he say about playing in Arizona?
4: Uh, that he loves the weather, hates hates snakes, hates scorpions. Was a little scared <laughs> to get there first, and uh, you know he hates the forwards. Not not in those exact terms, but you know having a a monthly dinner with the goalies and the defensemen to to talk crap about the forwards. It was amazing. That was an amazing revelation.
1: Uh, See, so you guys have had interviews with, like, Brad Marchand, Connor Bedard, Jeff Skinner, Adam Fantilli. So a lot of big-name, high-profile guys come through. What's the key to getting them to open up and speak candidly?
4: Um, it's really, like, I think we, we let them know. It's like, you know, we're just trying to have some fun and we're not trying to get you in trouble or anything. And we usually start off with, like, absolutely ridiculous questions. So to kind of set the tone and let them know that this is not going to be, like, a quote unquote hockey interview. And, uh, you know, it was funny, like when we first started the show, some of the comments that we would get on on like our YouTube videos or whatever would be like, who are these interviewers? Who do these bozos think they are? And then they would also go on to be like, but I like the, but I like the answers from the players. And like, (laughs) this is some good personality. It's like, well, how do you think you get one after the other? So that's kind of what we've been trying to work on is to, to, you know, establish the tone and let guys know that like, this is, this is an, a, a quote unquote safe space to, uh, to kind of show that personality and, and be yourself.
1: Cause I got to say like, the, so I told Jason about this earlier. You did a bit with Brad Marchand for those that haven't seen it, uh, go check it out. What chaos. um, where you talk about a, a concerning trend among Bruins captains, and then you've got like the flow chart from Zdeno Chara. Oh yeah, the so, height. And then yeah, it's like and yeah, then yeah. gradually they will shrink to a three foot two captain at one point. <laughs> and I'm I'm watching the interview and like Marshawn's there, and like on the surface level, you're taking shots at him being short, but he laughs and he goes along with it. But I imagine there's gotta be a little bit of trepidation where you're like, Okay, I don't know this guy really well, and hockey players are usually kind of buttoned up, but you guys just kind of went for it and it was super funny. I really really enjoyed it
4: thank you yeah the, uh, the marshan one like he was our first guest and, and that one uh there wasn't so so much nerves just because we had a previous relationship like we've we've known marshan for a little bit and uh so that's why we were able to kind of extend the invite and, and have him say yes knowing uh and knowing us and, and not knowing what the show was and not having any sort of proof of concept so It was really big to be able to get him as the very first guy and kind of set the tone. And I think that's why we were able to get some of the guys that we did after the fact.
0: So, uh, Pete, uh, Charlie Coyle, Pavel Zaka, Jesper Boquist, Trent Frederick. Those are the four Bruins centers that I'm seeing right now on daily faceoff. How are the Bruins still so good?
4: Um, I mean, I think it's a, an organizational thing, a system thing, uh, you know, obviously they've got some, some good players that's, that's not really jumping off the page at you, uh, down the middle, of course. And, and I think that their, their depth isn't amazing. And I think they've got a little bit of paper tiger to them in terms of the standings, but you know, this is a team that plays, plays really well is structurally and plays hard uh, all the time. So that'll, that'll get you pretty far in this league. And so will unbelievable goaltending. So they've gotten that all year long, and um, that's that's something that's bailed them out. So, you know, those kind of things will get you far in this league and, and kind of get you more wins than maybe you deserve sometimes, but that's kind of the, the, the mantra of the Bruins, I guess. We were talking the
0: other day about Jake Gensel and why, if the Penguins are all in on this current core, why would they trade Jake Gensel, even if they couldn't afford to keep him? Uh, next season, keep them and re-sign them because if they can make the playoffs, you know they could go on a run. Um, do you agree or disagree with that, or do you, do you see a, do you see a great team in the East right now?
4: No, I mean I don't know if I necessarily see uh, a, a great team in the East in terms of heads and shoulders above anybody else. I think it's pretty wide open. And you know, do I believe in the Pittsburgh Penguins? No, not necessarily. Um, but with the Jake Gensel discussion, it's like. You just re-signed a bunch of your fifty-five-year-old players to like <laughs> six-year contracts or whatever it was to to give them another kick at the can, and having Gensel be the guy that you kind of draw the line at and be like, "Well, no, we're not going to extend him." would be a uh, would be a wild choice. And you know, I know it's uh you know you kind of adjust on the fly and see what you have, but it would be it would be weird if they kind of extended some of those older guys and and, and push push Gensel to the curb.
0: I wonder if they might be looking to make like, I hate this term because they're all hockey trades, but like a hockey trade where they actually bring in a guy with term, uh, an affordable cap, as opposed to the typical rental deal that you just see for draft picks and futures.
4: I mean, I also think that that team, like I kind of just said, they, they do need to get a little bit younger. Um, And, you know, I wouldn't necessarily point to Gensel as the guy to, to get rid of, to do that. But, you know, that's an old team, man. Like the, the the Penguins and the Capitals are both like they just seem to kind of be trying to extend their window a little bit, and I don't necessarily know if that's the smartest decision given this, the the point they are with their rosters.
1: We're speaking to Pete Blackburn here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet six fifty. Hey, Pete, were you in Chicago for the Celebrini Bowl last night?
4: I sure was.
1: <laughs> Did you consciously choose to go to that game, or was this like I planned a trip to see Connor Bedard, and then I got stuck with one of the worst regular season games in recent memory?
4: No, it was it was uh, neither. I'm in I'm in Chicago for the week to do uh, to do TV for uh, for a show called The Rally. So uh, I, I've been here a few times over the past uh, past month or so, and it, it it's the stars have aligned in the past where I've been able to see Bedard uh, three or four times already this year. And uh, I hit. I had a Blackhawks game every time I'm here for for the TV show, and I decided to come regardless of of what the situation was last night. And uh, you know, you may as well lean into it, right? Like I got to see probably the most depressing game of the NHL season in person. <laughs> it was up so. there. Yeah, how did Boris <laughs> Kachuk look? <laughs> you, you um, good? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> um, and then you, I mean, I also like it, it did pick up steam towards the end, right? You had like a nine round shootout, and it was it was pretty interesting even if it was only interesting for the ineptitude, but it was, I had a good time. Um,
1: You guys had, I mentioned earlier, Connor Bedard on the show earlier in the season. I think it was pre the whole awful Corey Perry situation and then pre injury as well. So it was much brighter eyed optimism from Connor Bedard. What was it like talking with him?
4: Yeah, he's, he was like a super, super nice kid. And, and obviously like, you know what you've seen from him in interviews, he's, he's not like the most open or comfortable with, with doing media stuff, but uh, we talked to a bunch of the guys on, on the Blackhawks and they were like, Hey, if you guys can get him to laugh, congrats to you because we've been trying and it hasn't nothing, nothing's really taken. Oh, uh, we, tough we got a few chuckles. We got a few chuckles out of him, And, uh, he, he was appreciative that he got to do an interview where it wasn't the same questions that he had heard 4,000 times in the media crush that he experienced during training camp. So yeah, he was, a, he was just, like, the nicest kid in the world, but also just, like, a little bit uncomfortable.
0: So, Pete, as a Bruins uh, expert, you're also, you'll know, have to be a, a Leafs expert. Um, they lost again last night in Edmonton. They blew another lead. They're they are on a really tough road trip uh, through, well, they're going to play Vancouver and Calgary and Winnipeg a bunch of times in the next little while. Um, are they just no longer a good team?
4: I mean, they're a good team in the way that the Leafs are typically a good team, where it's like they have good players on the roster and they can, they can do good things for a period of time. But they're not a 60-minute team. They're not a team with killer instinct. And they're not a team that is particularly strong in the back end. And that's kind of been the calling card of the Leafs for a long time. So I don't know why anybody's particularly shocked. Um, you know, Obviously, they, they changed some things up over the offseason, brought some guys in, and it hasn't really worked in their favor. Too Well, so, you know, I I don't really take this team seriously right now. And and I don't know if I'm going to see that change unless they rip off like 10 straight wins. I just think the Leafs kind of have it in the DNA where uh, until I see something completely different, I'm not going to take them seriously.
1: Uh, Have you or DJ been able to make sense of how Alexander Georgiev made the All-Star game yet?
4: Yeah. So (laughs) the NHL uh, All-Star voting website by default sorts by wins. If you go to goaltending and he has the most wins in the league, which has got to be the dumbest way for a goaltender to get into the, the all-star game, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, like, I always I always kind of knock goals against average as being a team stat, not really so much a goaltender stat. But if we're talking about wins, that's <laughs> insane for a guy that has a sub-900 save percentage and, like, a, a, a negative goal save above average. It, it's wild that he got in.
1: Hey, Pete, this was a lot of fun, man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to do this today. We really appreciate it. Uh, best of luck with the show moving forward. It's a lot of fun. I hope it does well.
4: Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Thanks you, for Pete. coming
1: on. That's Pete Blackburn from What Chaos here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. I do recommend everyone go check out the show. Uh, it's it's funny. They are yeah. really funny guys. And um, I've seen the sort of ex-players trying to get the current players to speak candidly. And they have that camaraderie and that trust. Because it's like, well, Shane O'Brien played in the NHL, so I can trust him. Paul Bissonnette played in the NHL. I can trust him. To have two media guys do it, it's a little different because Mm -hmm. there's that inherent skepticism. But the best thing that he said and the thing that I think kind of relates to us is like, don't take all this so seriously. Just try and have some fun with it. And you might be surprised at what happens.
0: Now you know some player's gonna go on there and just be like, I'm just gonna have fun and you're gonna have something. He's gonna say something and try to be funny and then get canceled.
1: Yeah, hundred (laughs) percent.
0: That you know how this ends up,
1: right? (laughs) I was just making a joke. I didn't realize. I thought this was just, a safe space. Yeah, I didn't realize things were so <laughs> sensitive politically. Uh, anyway, he's
3: speaking to my heart though, with the hatred for goals against average and wins as a stat. Okay, my goodness.
1: so what happened here was on the all-star announcement. I did notice this as well when Georgiev popped up as one of the goalies that was going. I was like, wait a minute. Um, I don't think he's playing very well this year. <laughs> so I went, <laughs> and they've had. They've been hilarious about it. Like. DJ's brought up the graphic of the goalies by save percentage right. and like he's like 39th in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> like he's not even close, right? Imagine
0: being him being told you're going he's like- Really? really? Okay. No, he's probably just like, "Yeah, I'm a winner. Look at all these wins." Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I'm a so see the win column? See that? <laughs> but as a goalie, laddie, is it, did that even register for you that he was going? Like it was a bit of an anomaly that he got to go. Well, I
3: know it was weird when they announced his name because yeah. I knew he wasn't having a great season. And you know, it's it's an All Star game. It's fine. I don't think many yeah. goalies even want to go to the All Star game because. You're not you're not supposed to do your job at the All Star game. You're supposed to allow the goals. So uh, <laughs> a- a- Dog, maybe your game's a good choice for that then.
0: A Dog, as a little kid, are you excited about five Canucks going to the All Star game? Oh, Six, absolutely. Really.
3: I I mean, I,
2: I'm sort it's sort of a bit when I say how crazy I am about the All Star game. I truthfully haven't been that invested in it in right. a very long time. Like probably not mm. since my teens, but this year specifically, I am actually really looking forward to it just because of how much of the coverage is going to be Canuck centric. Like, guaranteed, they're going to be, that's going to be one of the major talking points of the whole event is the fact that there's so many Canucks there. Yeah, you get the Leafs talk as well, sure. But I'm really excited to see all the Canucks there. And absolutely, it's going to be great talking as well, obviously. Yeah, I'm really, I'm if, really stoked. If,
0: if a PD extension hasn't been signed by the All Star game and PD has to go in front of the media there and answer questions about extent, his extension, um, is he going to fake the flu? Is he just going to say, I have a cold and can't do it? Or is he going to fake some sort of injury to get out of it? Or is he actually going to go and speak to the media?
1: You he, I mean, he's going to have to. <laughs> he's going to have to speak to the media. There's going to be thr- It's yeah, in Canada. You know what I laughed throngs at? Throngs of people lined up for this. You
0: know what I laughed at uh, on Twitter? Someone replied to me. Um, he's going to go somewhere where he doesn't have to answer the same questions every day. I was like, he hasn't done media in Vancouver for a very long time. No one in he Vancouver, does, he not a want,
1: single media member in Vancouver no. has asked Peterson about his contract lately.
0: He, he, he does he does interviews, like team-friendly interviews with Kate Petterson, who, by the way, is doing a really good job. And, you know, once in a while he'll talk to Murph. Um, but mm-hmm. as far as, like, scrums and that sort of thing, he's not getting asked about it. He I mean, hasn't. When was the last quote you heard from P. D. about his contract? He didn't, didn't talk about it. Yeah, it's
1: not on the table, that conversation right now with the media or apparently the Canucks. But, um, you know, I, we've – yes.
0: I, I wanted to uh, bring up a quick note. that yes. The uh, Steven Stamkos to the Canucks dream is
1: over. Yeah, stupid Julian Breezebaugh shot that down yesterday. Yeah,
0: Julian Breezebaugh, the general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, came out and said, I know as we get closer to the March 8th deadline – a popular and interesting topic is who's going to get traded and who won't get traded. Stephen Stamkos isn't getting traded. We can put that one to bed. If anyone was speculating on that, that's not going to change between now and the deadline under any circumstances. So Stamkos is 100% getting traded now. Come on. Yeah. This is this is the vote of confidence in a head coach. Now, Brisebois didn't like kiss, say... Kiss of, kiss of death. Now, yeah. what Brisebois didn't say is that we're going to keep Stamkos. He right. said... Uh, After this season, we're going to sit down and we're going to evaluate where we are as a team and where Steven is. We will see how we can make all the parts work. should be uh, noted. The Lightning are not having a good season. They may not make the playoffs. And they may not need to retool and they may not be able to afford or want to allocate term and money to a guy who as great as Stamkos is and was is getting pretty old.
1: Jason, when they say that you're stupid, you push back and you say I'm not because that was a smart point you just made.
2: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like I was like computing. Was that an insult or a compliment <laughs> or both? When those people
1: <laughs> online say that you're an idiot, you push back. It's because that's exactly. It's not what brizbois said. It's what brizbois didn't say. Yeah, they didn't say that they're going to keep Stamkos.
2: Nothing mm-hmm. was said.
0: Not good. <laughs> And then the next day, he's the- <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: What's hey. his- Ruff, Ruff gets home. Wait a <laughs> second. <laughs> I think he called me
1: stupid. Anyway, I don't believe for a second that this means that Steve Stamkos can't be traded or won't be traded or isn't going to be traded. Let's say, yes, I... yes, it does. No, no, no. They can yes, put this narrative does. so easy. No. This is Ray Bork. This no. is the Ray
0: Borg 2. I, we did. Your we... takes are getting dumber and dumber. He just said, I'm not trading him. He's not going to trade Stamkos now.
1: No, he didn't say that. He said, Steve Stamkos isn't getting traded. He didn't say, I'm not going to trade Steve Stamkos. <laughs> That's totally different.
0: He also didn't say he's going to keep oh Steve Stamkos. God.
1: Brady Kachuk, gone out of Ottawa. Steve Stamkos, gone out of Tampa Bay. We need to shake this league up. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes no. like you're
0: close to making a good point. But you like you just missed the target. I toe of the line. Like your your takes are just just a step too far. That's how just they a get step too. That's far. what takes
1: them from just takes to hot takes.
0: He may not be
2: getting traded on his own, but he didn't say he. <laughs> no, he said Steven Stamkos him. isn't getting traded. Not by him, right? But he no, he might didn't say that. Trade him. That's
1: yeah,
0: true. <laughs> God, I hate both of you. Who's to say?
1: What if
3: he resigns? Who's to trade?
4: Okay. Uh,
0: Jason Gregory is going to come up next. Uh, we're going to talk to him about this Edmonton Oilers team that's won 11 in a row. Uh, and I know the Canucks don't play the Oilers again until, like, April. They've got three of their four games against the Oilers out of the way, and they're 3-0. Um And frankly, the Canucks were a big part of the reasons why the Oilers got off to that horrific start. It all started with that Canucks 8-1 win, and then they went to Edmonton and kind of hung on for another win and then beat them again uh, for good measure. Well, when we were having the conversation about the Edmonton Oilers when they were struggling, I think most of us were like, yeah, they're in big trouble. They are in big trouble. They're going to need to rattle off these massive win streaks, but we also kind of said they're perfectly capable of doing it and because they we, and they did because it. we remember how they finished the regular season last year. Remember how they went into the playoffs? That was a big part of why a lot of people, you know, when they got to the round against Vegas, they were like, "Yeah, they're gonna they they're they're gonna win the cup." This team, mm-hmm. they had some adversity um, in the first
1: round against the Kings. They had that great end of the regular season. They looked poised
0: to go on a run. Last they year. they were just they were just rolling, and then couple mistakes, a couple ma- breakdowns against a very good, experienced Vegas team. And all of a sudden, they were like, wait a minute. Like, what? What? What just happened? We're out of the playoffs? And then the whole offseason, they're sitting there going like, okay, that's not going to happen again. Cup or bust. Cup or bust. And I think I think um, one of them dry side actually said, cup or bust. And then he was asked recently, like, do you regret saying that? He's kind of like, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that, should've, right? Should have said I know, that loud. You know, I know that's not the way it should have been done. But um, anyway, they fire the coach. They bring in a new coach who has a relationship with Connor McDavid, if that matters. McDavid says, I had nothing to do with that. People didn't believe him. Uh, and then um, the Oilers have been on fire ever since. And, you know, it's easy enough to say, well, Connor McDavid was hurt to start the season, and now he's not hurt, and that's the difference. And, indeed, that might be a big difference. But I want to ask Jason Gregor how much more there is to this story, because if you were to ask me right now, who would you be least surprised among Canadian teams if they won the Stanley Cup? Least surprised if they won the Cup? My answer would be Edmonton. Mm -hmm. Hate me if you want Canucks fans, Jets fans, Leafs fans, whatever. You know, the Oilers have already shown that they can go into the playoffs and win rounds and make it as far as the conference final. Uh, the Canucks still haven't learned their playoff lessons because they haven't been there in a long time. And I think the Oilers might even be able to use this start of the season the adver- and maybe the lessons learned from the start of the season to help them later on in the road, down the road. We'll talk to Jason Greger about all that. Ne- coming up next on the Alfred and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.